Welcome to Beyond the Press Release, a production of Gorecom, in which we take the time to speak with small cap, small cap executives after they put up big news with us today. Happy to have them again because we just had them on in August. Brent Swen, President, Executive Chairman at Logic Inc., trades on the NEO in Canada, and that just started on June 21st on the stock symbol LGIQ. And in the US, where they first started on the OTCQX, that's the highest of the OTC marketplace also on the stock symbol LGIQ. For those of you new to the story, here's what you need to know. I love the description because it plays because it plays into our model. Uh, Logic is the Agoracom of the e-commerce world. So just like Agoracom helps small mid-cap companies win the attention of investors, Logic helps small and medium businesses win the attention of customers uh, who are competing against mega brands in e-commerce. And that's where the story really begins because on the great side, global e-commerce surpassed 9 trillion in 2019, but mega brands control almost 70% of that in the US market, which makes it really hard uh, for, for small and medium business to compete. Logic, that's where they come in. They're an award-winning e-commerce and FinTech solutions company addressing that specific problem by helping drive e-commerce for small and medium business around the world. And that's just us lip service, $37.9 million in 2020 from two divisions. And that's what we're talking about. That, that's going to be the crux of today's press release. AppLogic is one of those divisions. It's a mobile app development platform that literally enables hundreds of thousands of small, medium businesses to create their own mobile app without any technical expertise. That's a massive help to, the, to that industry because a lot of them just don't have the expertise or the budgets, right? And that's primarily offered in Southeast Asia where it's dominating. The other division is DataLogic. Uh, that, that's an end-to-end e-commerce marketing solution company. It's got advertising, marketing, and it integrates artificial intelligence to help small, medium businesses uh, in need of online marketing solutions. Today's press release, Logic initiates major restructuring designed to expand the DataLogic side and unlock value on the app logic side. Brent, welcome back. Let's talk about this. Thanks, George. Good to be back. So in the press release, there's a, there are a couple of quotes. Here's the first excerpt I want to start us this off with. You're, the, the company is forecasting strong growth ahead, driven by both strategic M&A that will accelerate growth in the data logic business and the strategic spinoff of the app logic business. So without going to details yet, take us through the logic there. You want to do MA heavily on data logic and you want to spin out app logic into its own entity. What's the overriding principle there? Sure. So um in, in, in this is something we've actually been been talking about for some time um in, in certainly working on the the whole idea behind a spin out of the AppLogic business is because we do focus on emerging markets. And that's because the mobile device is prevalent over desktop and laptops there. Right. So what, what, what we're seeing in, in the market and what we've certainly seen over the past, uh, you know, call, it, call it five years, um, are some very compelling valuations that help fund um, businesses that operate in these markets. Um, Southeast Asia is, is, is a major region of, of emerging markets investment and opportunity. And so for us, 
um, it's clear that as a standalone of that business, the valuation should reflect um, similar valuations in the group. And there's a quote in here to support that, where it says, um, combined with the presence of, of PayLogic and GoLogic in Indonesia, we believe AppLogic is now ready to stand on its own. It would be in the end, if it did, it would be in a better position to attract the right growth capital, along with investors who appreciate the vast opportunities enjoys in today's emerging markets. Let's talk about some of those valuations uh, that drove that, that are driving this. It looks like this intention and probably decision uh, to spin out AppLogic. What kind of valuations are you seeing out there? And should I bring up that that comp table? Is that what's is that what we should bring up? Uh, certainly, yes. There's uh, there, there's there's one in particular on there that uh, that I think is relevant. Um, and what's interesting about it, it's uh, the company is C Limited, um, SEA, and they're on the New York Stock Exchange. Right here. Um, up until a few months ago, George, they were the only U.S. listed um, tech company out of Southeast Asia. Um, what we've seen in the past two months have been three announcements, uh, one uh, between Grab Holdings and Altimeter Growth, which is a U.S. listed SPAC. Uh, it's a $45 billion transaction, billion with a B. Um, FinXL, um, a Southeast Asia-based uh, fintech company, um, is merging with um, with Victory Park Capital, a U.S. listed SPAC, and a $2.5 billion um, merger. And then um, there are, man, there's between 50 to 60 ongoing discussions between um, Southeast Asian uh, tech companies and U.S. listed SPACs and investment banks for actual IPOs. And these investment banks are generally tier one. So you know, Goldman Sachs, Morgan Stanley, uh, Merrill, um, they're looking at multi-billion dollar IPO transactions. So there's a lot of activity in the region. Valuations are, are healthy and uh, comparable to what, what U.S. listed tech companies are, are, are seeing. Um, so it's really exciting for us. And SEA Limited here, if I'm reading correct, you can see the, you can see the screen, right, Brett? Yes, sir. What's interesting there is that they're being valued at a multiple of 25 times revenue. Uh, versus logic being uh, the, the entire operation being valued at 2.3 times revenue. So do you think by that is that where is that where you believe that by spinning out uh, app logic into its own standalone because it's, it dominates it's, it's so big in Southeast Asia that you can get somewhere in between 25x and 2.3x just for that as a standalone? I, I believe so. I, I think that that with 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 the business, um, being a very clear-cut investment, um, either for, you know, call it private equity or a strategic investor, um, we should see valuations that better reflect um, the opportunities that, that are occurring in, in Southeast Asia and certainly emerging markets. All right. So if, you're definitely making a great case for it. So if that's the case, um, how would that spin-out look? I know it might be too early because we know spin-outs can take various forms, but do you have any sense for what that spin-out would look like, maybe what percentage current logic investors would still keep of AppLogic because obviously it's being spun out. 
Sure. Um, again, we we have been working on this for some time, um, so it was not uh, it was not developed over the weekend and then announced uh, <laughs> by, by any stretch. Um, what we what we're seeing in terms of valuations, and we've had we've had third party um, valuation analyses done. Um, we believe the value should land somewhere between um, forty to one hundred million just for those business units um, going in on their own. Um, when I take the lower end of the range, I would say that 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 going into a public vehicle, you you always want to go in at a at a discount to market because you want to add some upside to new investors. Now the high side um, is is also it's not a stretch because that would be based around peer valuations and whether that's a multiple of revenues like C, C limited trades at or a multiple of gross transaction volume, which um, our business units um, are, are currently generating um, or other, other factors such as IP combined with footprint, combined with um, you know, number of subscribers, um, there, there are multiple ways to value it, but I think again we land somewhere in between forty to one hundred million just for that. Um, and to put that in perspective, you got about eighty million dollar valuation right now for the entire company. That's correct. That's correct. Um, the other thing I would say is is that by by announcing this, um, we've we've literally put a stake in the ground. We intend to get this done very quickly. So I would encourage um, our audience to look for. Okay. Any type of announcement that indicates that uh, you know we we are uh, we are being advised on either a sale of the company spinoff um, into another publicly listed company, um, wow. merger and acquisitions of other either public company or privately held companies, and then taking that public. So there's a few different alternatives. Uh, last question on the potential spinout, and it looks like that's really moving ahead because. You didn't just put it together over a weekend over a cup of coffee. Uh, if it was to, if the decision was to magically be made right now, this second, what would be the ETA for the the spin out actually uh, taking place and being officially done? Is that a is that a relatively fast process? Is it a couple months? Is it six months? What does that look like so investors get an idea of what what to expect? It can be done quickly. I think I think the, in 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 terms of, of of a timeline and milestones, the first would be to to sign a definitive agreement. Um, the second would be to outline a close of that, um, and then third would be a record date for shareholders of Logic to receive their. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, be be shareholders of record um, in order to receive their shares um, of the spinout. So. I've seen it done. Go ahead. I've seen it done in as short of periods of time as as two to three months. Um, my personal preference and uh, my team is is in agreement here, as is the board, um, is to get it done within that time frame. So it's moving very quickly. So if all things are going, uh, you know, if if this is moving along as fast, I think it may be moving along. And again, you haven't given us any kind of definitive dates. Here we are at the end of September. This could potentially be wrapped up before calendar year end. Correct. That's the goal. All right. All right. That's exciting. So we'll, everyone's going to be watching out for uh, watch the headlines, watch watch the wires for any update on on the spin out or any kind of transaction app logic. On the data logic side, uh, you want to add more M and A and beef up and beef up data logic. And by the way, you've had success with that 
uh, already because over the past year you've acquired and integrated uh, uh, three leading e-commerce platforms to make data logic uh, become an e-commerce industry leader. And now it seems like you guys are turbocharging that. And I'm getting a quote, and here's a quote from Tom uh, Furukawa, Furukawa, the CEO, who said, there are a large number of peers operating our industry that are privately held, generating solid revenue, operating profit, and even net income uh, that could be acquired for compelling valuations, while at the same time offering accretive revenue growth margins uh, and earnings potential. How, you know, how aggressive do you think you've already, you've already put three into data logic and you've done really well. How aggressive are you guys looking to be? Can we look at that kind of pace continuing? I would say from a practical perspective, um, and don't take this the wrong way. That that was not that was actually not that aggressive. Um, that oh, was. Well, I thought <laughs> it is in my books, but you guys operate a different different timeline. Yeah, I, and I, I say that not 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 being um, you know overly co confident and, and with with no hubris in there. Um, you know that that was a more of a measured approach, primarily because we were developing a strategic roadmap for for our positioning, and that's why. Um, those three companies that we acquired, Push Interactive, Fixel AI, and then Rebel AI, um, le led to the roadmap of our, of our current strategy going forward. And I, I, I feel as if it was very well planned and very well thought out. Um, and we did that over the course of 18 months. Now, during that time frame, we have also grown that first acquisition of Push um, significantly. Our, our team has done a tremendous job. Uh, when we when we first met them, they were tracking at about uh, three hundred thousand dollars per month in revenues. Um, as of last quarter, uh, it was close to two million per quarter. So they've done a great job in growing that. The other two, Fixel and Rebel, were predominantly well, they were tech and in in IP based. Um, now during the course of this acquisition. Um, um, endeavor with those three, we have met a number of groups that um, run the gamut from VCs with portfolio companies in the space to uh, deal brokers, you know, sell side representatives at investment banks, um, all the way to um, strategic partners, and then somewhat of a pipeline of candidates. So what that does is it enables us to move a lot faster because we now we have a very deep pipeline of potential targets, and that grows every day because we we still we we still do a significant outreach um, parameters we look at um, instead of IP and, and and tech based. We're looking at accretive revenues and earnings profitability, and then economies of scale and centralization of of um, of um, uh, things uh, such as such as finance, such as uh, centralized sales, if applicable, marketing. Um, so I think that, that this could have a, uh, a very aggressive look and feel to it, which, which would be surprising to most and would... Um, wow, and, yeah. and, and, you're, and you're saying that three acquisitions isn't very aggressive. So uh, if, you're saying what you're, if you're saying your M&A path going forward could actually have an aggressive feel to it, that in my book says, okay, you're going to at least double that to six. Well, you know? and I'm just yeah. anecdotally speaking, like we're jawboning here, but sure, you know, that's that's well, what it sounds like to me. And I'm yeah, not well, sure. well, to put it, I mean, to put it in perspective, we, we we've been looking at an average of of seven companies a day 
and we've been having discussions with two to three. So it's, you know, being aggressive in this is really just, just a, a, a function of things that are coming into us that we're looking at that, that fit, fit our, our, our strategy and uh, being able to respond to the ones we really like. Um, so you know, it's, it, it's, it, it's going to move fast um, just because that, that's, that's where we're currently positioned. Devil's advocate, Brent, can you be accused or can shareholders be cautious of you absorbing and ingesting too much on the M&A side? Because every organization does have its limits. You've got to absorb, you've got to bring in people, you've got to slash duplicity and things like that. Uh, how confident are you guys that you can, you can, you can grow through M&A pretty, quick, pretty quickly without getting overwhelmed and, and just tripping over yourselves? That's, that's a great question, and, and you know, although it's somewhat of a, of a longer and complex answer, um, I'll just try to try to make it a little more brief. Um, and I think I might have mentioned this on our first call. the The average age of, of our senior team is 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 in is in our late forties. Um, I'm a little beyond that, but uh, I bring that up because what 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 you want to see with any organization in, in growth mode is a tenure in markets, not just tech, but finance, economic cycles. Um, look at what we went through with COVID. You want to have a, a core team that understands how to operate in, in excellent environments, in really poor environments, in, in all the way, and navigate all the way through those cycles because they always occur. And so, um, as part of our, our average tenure of around 20, 20 plus years um, in various industry, um, we've, we've all seen various tech cycles. We've all learned that the market cap is not always there. The funding is not always there. The, uh, the investor attention is not always there. So being able to intelligently scale is there. Yeah, you guys, you guys can, uh, some with 20 years experience can eyeball Georgecom technology and have a pretty good feel for what it's going to take to incorporate it and whether it's an appetizer or a, or a T-bone steak and that experience pays off because you think everything's an appetizer and you end up absorbing three T-bone steaks, you, you don't have any room and then you're really in trouble. So I want to ask that because look, I always want to make sure all these interviews are real discovery uh, vehicles for investors, not just rah-rah, right? And, uh, and I think that's an important one. And here's the other devil's, devil's advocate question I'm gonna ask you. And I'm gonna preface it with this first. Being undervalued doesn't mean you're, you're, you don't have the right mix, you don't have the right company. Because remember, I'm saying this for everybody at home now, Warren Buffett created the greatest fortune in history up until recently with, with tech. Uh, from specifically finding undervalued companies that the market just mispriced, buying them, accumulating them, holding them, and then making vast amounts of money. So where do you think the disconnect comes in right now with the fact that Logic is trading at 2.3 times revenue when your peers on average are trading about 10 times that, about 25 times revenue? Is that just a function of you still got to scale a little bit more until, or, or do you got to get to a bigger exchange to finally get that recognition? Because uh, eventually value does come, proper pricing does come, but where do you think the disconnect might be right now? 
I, I actually know exactly where it comes from and, and not by some personal stroke of brilliance, but more, more from last year's experience of, of talking to um, professional investors, institutional, um, and certainly uh, research analysts at, at, at sell-side firms. Um, a big part of it was being listed only on the OTCQX, not having an exchange listing made a big di difference. Um, that also led into, into absolute market cap. Um, so going public on the NEO was a big step. Um, the other part is that our historical profit margins um, were in the low to mid-teens. And although that doesn't mean a tremendous amount to, to an average investor, um, most institutional investors will look, look at your profile and say, okay, if your peer group is trading at a very high multiple, what do their gross margins look like? And so on the, on the comparative valuation um, uh, slide that you showed earlier, um, yes, those companies trade at 23x revenues. Um, I would say that, that on the low end, their gross profit margins are around 30%. So we did not meet that last year. If you look at the past three quarters um, of announced results, you'll see that our gross profit margins tracked upwards from the mid-teens uh, to where we're currently at 30%. So we're just entering that okay. realm. So going forward, I think we present a compelling story as we expand the audience and in, on venues such as yours, which are extraordinarily um, important to us, um, People so margin growth is probably more important to valuation than your revenue growth. Not by a lot, because revenue growth is important, but showing the market that you can maintain those probably 30% margins is, is that critical, huh? It absolutely is. So it will require, you guys did that in, in Q2 uh, of this year. Is that where you'll, does the market, the institutions, the big professional investors want to see you do that for another couple of quarters? And make sure it's you know firmly entrenched in your in your business model. I I, th I think if if you go back to Q three and four of last year, Q one and two of this year, you'll see an absolute track upwards. Um, I think that that anyone taking a look at us, whether it's you know, individual investors or institutional investors, they'll they'll see that 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 tracking upwards, and will appreciate the the work that went into it. Um, layering in um, accretive acquisitions and as well as our organic growth um, and improving those even further, I think is, is going to be very, very doable. Um, not only because we, we've just done it, but also when you talk about economies of scale of, of similar companies um, to us, bringing them in and centralizing a number of functions um, will certainly lead, lead to, to, to fur, further expansion of said multiples. Well, look, I'm glad you answered that because what it shows is that you know where the disconnect in valuation comes from. Uh, you've identified it. And instead of arguing it, you guys have already taken corrective measures uh, to, to, to fix that. And that's great news for current shareholders or investors who are just discovering the company right now. Last question you have talked about in the past, uh, uh, uplisting from the OTCQX to a more senior exchange in the U.S. Um, how is that looking uh, now, especially given this announcement? Uh, is that still something that's a high priority uh, for the company? It's an, it's it, yes, it's absolutely a high priority. Um, and, and, and again, we we did um, we did state publicly that we are. Um, intent on moving towards an, an uplisting to a senior exchange. Um, 
what the exchanges would like to see and what they've been prioritizing in terms of uplistings is to see a simultaneous financing by an investment bank right. and, and tying that to the timing. And so what in what 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 our we've audience seen that here, for, by the way, we've seen that for other companies where they had to do like a $10 million raise. That's right. Just just to show that the investment community has confidence in the in the in the listing is putting their money where their mouth is. Correct. Correct. So, so I think what the audience would want to look for is an, an, an S3 filing um, ah. or for a shelf offering um, and then an announcement of, of an investment bank being engaged. So when that happens, I think that that'll kick things off for the application process. Uh, but we meet all the criteria otherwise. That's what I love about these interviews, right? Um, it, we're able to talk about so much more context and understanding of how the process works beyond just the uh beyond just what you put in the text of a press release uh, you're right you're right it's, and, and it's helpful because there's there's context for individual investors um there's not a lot of it out there you know it's getting better but uh you know i think it's very important for individual investors to feel very comfortable in what they invest in yeah and that and that's why we're doing this so look uh great news brent love the fact that you guys are moving full steam and you got what I really like is you've got a, a rock solid plan. Uh, App Logic, we want to spin that out, and there's a reason why valuation Southeast Asian uh, company, company Southeast Asian tech companies, especially that are getting better valuations. Love that, and I love how you also have a very specific uh, plan for Data Logic, which is to speed up this you know, three 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 acquisitions in a year. Jeez, you got to speed that up, right? All kidding aside, I thought that was fast, and you're saying that that was slow, uh, which which is pretty incredible. So I love the fact that on the data logic side, you've got a lot of peers out there, a lot of candidates, and it looks like you're going to supercharge that as well. So we'll be watching the wires, right? Everyone home, watch the wires, watch for S3 filings, because uh, there's definitely a lot more going out. I think I think after this interview, I can pretty much conclude that this is the you're, you know, this press release is the I told you so moment like, hey, we're telegraphing what we're doing. We're not just spitballing. We didn't think about it. Like you said, over the weekend, decided to put out a press release. So that's great because it means we're going to have you back on a lot. Uh, and, and, and great to see the planning. Last words to you, Brent. What do you want the shareholders to know, uh, especially the parents, the patient shareholders uh, who, have, who, are, who believe in you and they're just waiting for that proper valuation and, and, and the growth to, to kick in even more. What's your message to everybody at home? Um, the fact that, that, we, that we press released um, a, a very major restructuring, um, this, this puts a, a, a stake in the ground for us to move things ahead. And as I've stated here, we intend to do so aggressively. Um, we intend to ex enhance shareholder value and I think if you look around at, at companies that operate either in the data logic space, uh, in ad tech and in MarTech, um, valuations are high, much higher than ours. Uh, do we know why and do we have a, a, an idea on how to get there? Absolutely. Um, and then on the spin out side, um, valuations of emerging markets and certainly Southeast Asia, um, regionally focused um, fintech companies um, are also equally high. And we do have a plan on getting there. And I think the tide 
on both of those is, is certainly uh, in our favor. So we're working hard to, uh, to, 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 to deliver on these, on these uh, endeavors. The future is bright, Brent, and not just because it feels good, but you know, it's hard to argue with the logic, pardon the pun, I didn't mean to say that, but it's, hard, it's hard to argue with the logic of logic and how you guys are planning to grow and unlock value. Love it. Can't wait to have you back. Uh, congrats to you and the whole team, because I know you've got to one hand keep operating your core businesses and think about the capital side, the capital market side, how you're going to expand. And that takes a lot of very skilled people. So it's awesome to be watching you guys execute it and can't wait to see how you guys, you know, deliver it in the next few weeks, couple of months. But it looks like there's a lot going to be coming, buddy. Terrific. Thanks, George. Tell everybody at home, you've been watching or you've been listening by podcast on Spotify, Google, Apple, your favorite podcast platform, to Brent Suen. He's president, executive chairman of Logic Inc., trades on the NEO in Canada under LGIQ, and also for our friends in the U.S. under LGIQ on the OTCQX. For those who are new to the story and you like what you've heard, you want to do some due diligence now, two-step process. First, get over the Logic profile on Agoracom because it's a tech company. It's got two divisions. It's got a lot going on. So we've got a nice, uh, you know, what I call a nice 1,000-foot overview of the company so you get a good understanding first. Then from there, or you can see it right above Brent, Hop over the Logic website, Logic with a Q, for everyone who's listening by podcast, logiq.com. Do your deep dive due diligence. If you believe in the future of e-commerce, if you believe in the future of, of, of small, medium businesses getting their piece of the pie and growing and competing, then Logic is the company that uh, that you've got to do your due diligence on. Don't tell, don't tell us we didn't tell you so 12 months from now. Have a great day. See you next time. Hey guys, this video is over, but don't forget to help your company by liking it and then leaving a comment below. And then don't forget to help yourself by subscribing to our channel so you don't ever miss another great Agoracom small cap video.